You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. One of the bigger stories of the week. We were talking about this quite a bit yesterday. I was. An Edinburgh woman uh, was only faced like, you know, 120 days in jail, like four months in jail from a, a crime that she admitted to. I mean, she, my understanding is that she uh, pled guilty in a drunk driving crash and it claimed the life. It, it burned to death a, a local man, 30 year old Angela Maya Villarreal, uh, pled guilty to a charge of intoxication manslaughter over at Hidalgo County. Ms. Villarreal. Uh, reportedly had been drinking, went out drinking, went to some bars back in early May last year and was driving like, I was saying like a bed out of hell, like high rate of speed, North 10th Street in McAllen, plowed into a Mazda that um, was at 10th Street and, and Freddy Gonzalez, 62-year-old Agustin Molina Uribe. Uh, his vehicle was smashed, sent into a pole. It burst into flames and that's how he died burned to death and four months in jail. That's what the judge said. State district judge Mario Ramirez Jr. sentenced Ms. Villarreal to four months in state jail, followed by 10 years probation. Wow. Isn't that crazy? By the way, program note, I, I was texting our district attorney, Terry Palacios, about this. And I asked him to, to come on the program and like explain, like what, what does he know about this case? What, what happened? Because the minimum punishment, my understanding is the minimum punishment should have been two years in state jail. Still not enough, but two years. It could have been two to 20 for such a horrific crime. But it was only four months. Well, let me get some initial reaction. Anna Verley is a friend of ours for many, many years. She's been leading the charge at Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Anna, do you know anything about this case that we're missing as to why this punishment was only four months in length for, for this 30-year-old woman? Do you know? I don't. Um, you know, it's an outrageous injustice in response to this death. Um, she was driving 111 miles an hour. Uh, she had a blood alcohol concentration of 0.19, which is two, uh, almost two and a half times over the limit. She did plead guilty, and unfortunately, that was her... Um, choice, or rather it is her right mm -hmm. to plead guilty to the court and have the court sentence her. Um, there was a uh, pre-sentence investigation report ordered um, that was done and turned into the judge and the DA's office did put on testimony, put on the witness, put on the victims to testify about the impact on their lives since this crash happened. Um, and I, based on all of that information, you know, that is that is the recommendation of the judge. Now, she was um, eligible for probation because she had no prior uh, crimes, no convictions no of any kind, no record of any kind. Um, the minimum could have been two years in a state penitentiary, which is a little bit different than a state jail, but um, maximum could have been 20. Um, the law requires that uh, somebody who gets probation be sentenced to up to 120 days in the county jail, and that is what she got. Yes. And, you know, no jail sentence is ever going to undo the terrible choice that robbed the uh, Augustine's family of their future together. And, you know, just 120 days fails to bring justice to the family. And, 
and um, fails to hold an impaired driver fully accountable for yeah. a violent, senseless crime. I mean, educated or uneducated, the message is always the same. If you're going to drink, don't drive. She should have known better. Um, she should have taken an Uber. I and mean, that was a lot of alcohol in her system for her to get behind the wheel of a vehicle. It's, um, it's a joke of, of a sentence. Uh, as judge, and, and everything points back to the judge making the final decision on this. Uh, is Judge Mario Ramirez Jr., is he known to provide light sentences when it comes to such awful DW crimes like this? I mean, does he have a, a bad record with you over at MAD? What, what do you know about this judge? Um, you know, no. You know, I can't say definitively he has a bad record. I mean, each case is assessed on its uh, you know, on its merits, yeah. uh, you know, based on the offender's record and all of those kinds of things based on, uh, imagine a pre-sentence investigation assessment as to whether the person has a problem with alcohol or drugs. Um, you know, many years ago, there was another case uh, in his court, and um, this was the type of sentence that he gave as well, um, a probated sentence. It was an, also an intoxication wow. um, uh, manslaughter. But again, you know, in that particular case, um, same same thing. The person was a youthful offender with no priors and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so you know, I, it just it just fails to to bring justice to the families and it re-victimizes them. You and know, it, they've been victimized the yeah. day of the crash, and then they have to wait for court, and then. You know, they get re-victimized again when the sentence is passed. And, and you know, no jail sentence is ever going to bring him back. No, no jail sentence yeah. is ever going to undo the terrible choice that this person made. You know, she will be a convicted felon. She was convicted. She was sentenced. She's going to be on probation for 10 years. And, and, and you know, being on probation is going to be... For 10 years, there's no early termination when you are sentenced for an intoxication well, that, um, offense. Yeah, well, there really means so, nothing, Anna, unless... No. Uh, you no. know, you got a young person, a young woman, uh, facing right. really no consequences for killing uh, in such gruesome fashion. Man, this guy burned to death in his vehicle. Uh, just, she was yeah, driving 111, 110, 111 miles per hour. 111 Look, miles I, an hour. You know, I, I think that the jail sentence for that violation alone is probably longer than four months, if you look at it. And, and then it begs well, the question. The uh, message that it sends, yeah, go ahead, the message Anna. that it sends to, to the other drunk drivers, to other people that are pending uh, punishment, pending trials, pending sentencing, it, it sends a bad message. It, it sends the message that, you know, we're out here every single day trying to prevent this crime, talking to people about not drinking and driving. Uh, it, it's unacceptable. It is unacceptable. You know, every, I don't know, 79 seconds, somebody's injured or killed by a drunk driver. You know, we need higher visibility enforcement, tougher laws, and fair sentencing where, you know, there no more families will suffer. What is a fair sentence? You know, I'm assuming that she would think that's a fair sentence. Her family of thinks course. it's a fair sentence. Of course. But the, victims, <laughs> but the victims' families, what did they get? They got robbed twice. They got robbed when Mr. Agustin Molina Uribe died, and then they got robbed when they went to court and bared their souls, talked about you know, their loved one and what he meant to them and how their lives have changed and all that. 
you know, and the DA's office argued for a 20-year sentence, but ultimately the decision wow. was up to the judge. My you know, the DA's goodness. office, again, you know, I work with them, and, and they know <laughs> they know Mad's position. They know my stand. They know I'm there. They know I'm, you know, I'm watching stuff. But at the end of the day, they made the choice. The, the defense and the defendant made the choice to have the judge sentence her. My goodness. Again, everything pointing back to... Judge Mario Ramirez Jr. for this ridiculous yeah. four-month sentence, which I don't, I don't even know. <coughs> excuse me, I don't even know how much time this 30-year-old Angela Maya Villarreal spent in jail at county. One for, day. Just one day. Okay, so yeah. four, four she months. Bonded out the next. Day. Oh, I see. Four months minus one day. She bonded yeah. out the next day. That's correct. Wow. My, and you know what? Uh, you could look at it from this perspective, which I do. Judge Mario Ramirez Jr. Is, is literally sending a convicted drunk driver back into the community who faced no consequences, really no punishment outside of you know probation, and she's out free. Why not go celebrate well, a little more? And he's not protecting the community from a drunk. Absolutely. Yeah. It, the, she will have to have an interlock device on her vehicle. Um, they can always the mess state, with that. Well, the state asked that it be... Uh, installed in her vehicle and that she have it for the duration of the probation so that she, you know, will have this interlock device for the next 10 years in her vehicle. And yes, you're right. People, people will find a way around it. People could beat it. I'm not saying she's going to, I'm not saying that's going to happen. But, but they do that all the time. Probation. And uh, I mean, just yes. on the face of it, Anna Verley with Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Again, uh, we're talking about this judgment by State District Judge Mario Ramirez Jr. for a 30-year-old woman here in Hidalgo County who admitted to drinking and driving, intoxication, manslaughter, back on May of last year, plowed at 110-plus miles per hour, plowed her vehicle after she went out drinking, a couple of places went out to bars drinking, got drunk and had more than twice the legal limit in her system, and slammed her vehicle at the 10th Street and Freddy Gonzalez, if I remember correctly, slammed her vehicle, into the, the vehicle driven by 62-year-old Agustin Molina Oribe. He, he, she smashed into a vehicle, 110 miles per hour plus. His vehicle goes and slams a pole, and he burns to death inside his vehicle. And she gets four months because despite the fact that Anna is telling me that the DA, the prosecutor, asked for a 20-year sentence, Judge Mario Ramirez Jr. said four months for some reason. Four months in state jail by 10 years probation. So no consequences, really no consequences for this heinous, awful intoxication manslaughter. Just, just awful. Uh, Anna Verley from with Mothers Against Drunk Driving joining me. Many years back, Anna, I, I remember the embarrassing headline that the state of Texas was number one in DWI and Hidalgo County was number one in Texas, which made us number one in the country. Where do we rank right, right now when it comes to DWI? Do you know? Right up there, right in the top <clears throat> ten again, the top five, as a matter of fact. Um, Hidalgo County has seen an incredible rise in DWI arrests and DWI fatalities. It's my understanding, the last time I checked, I believe was about two or three weeks ago, that the Rio Grande Valley has had 99 fatalities um, through the end of September. Uh, we had 112 the entire year of 2022. So we're on track to meet that. I know since that statistic, since I looked that up, we've had two or three more fatalities. Um, we had one a couple of days ago with an underage drinker 
a 19-year-old driver who was drunk and killed her passenger that was also 19. Um, you know, DPS had, I believe, 17 arrests last weekend. Uh, the city of Edinburgh has had untold number of fatalities. I want to say they've had seven crashes and 10 fatalities in the last couple of months. I don't understand what people don't get. If you're going to drink, don't drive. I mean, it, it feels like we're just talking to ourselves. Yeah. People just don't stop. Did you work with a family of the victim here in this? Because I know you many times you. I did. Okay. I did. So I did. You had somebody there um, in court when this whole thing. I was there. I was there personally. Uh, for this, um, you know, for this sentencing. Um, or lack you know, of tried, sentencing. <laughs> I, I try as much as possible, you know, to support them, to educate them, to tell them, you know, to to talk to them about the possible outcome, facilitate the meetings with the DA's office, prepare them, you know, for what's to come. Um, but I don't think any amount of preparation could have prepared anybody for this. Uh, it was shocking. Um, you know, there were no words at the time. It, it was. I can just, um, I can just imagine the sound it, of that court when that four month sentence was handed down by the judge. It was absolutely devastating. Gut wrenching. Absolutely. My and, and the thing is, you know, they'll, they will continue to suffer. They will continue to suffer knowing that that this person is out and about. Um, she's not the only one that's on probation for this type of, of situation. So all victims. You know, it's it's they continue to suffer and we need, you know, we need tougher laws. We need fair sentencing so that families don't suffer. We need judges uh, to again, do their job. Judge Mario Ramirez Jr. I, I mean, I, I don't know unless does he know the family? Did somebody call in a favor? I mean, what happened here? What, this is this is ridiculous. It's, I, I the don't judge... know and I can't, say, I can't speak to that other than, you know, he made his decision based on, I would it's assume, wrong. his PSI report and the testimony that was given. Um, you know, it's our system and it's fair, but sometimes it fails us. All right, sometimes Anna, it fails. thank you for everything that you do. Come back anytime you need to communicate something to the community. Anna Burley. Oh with the local chapter of Mothers Against Drunk Driving. This is The Sergio Show. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. Fentanyl poisoning, killing three people, putting five others in the hospital the last 48 hours in the Harlingen area. So I'm calling up a friend right now for a quick conversation on, on all this. Dr. Ivan, as I lovingly refer to him, Dr. Ivan Mentiendes, Melendez, or Hidalgo County Health Authority. And I'm calling you up, amigo, to tell us what to look for in case somebody is poisoned by fentanyl at the, at the workplace or at school. What happens to that person, Ivan? 
No, you're correct. You're, thank you for calling. And uh, and I, I would agree that, you know, 75,000 people estimated died in 2021, 50,000 in 2020. So it's definitely increasing dramatically. So even here in our local community. And so there's been a big push to make antidotes uh, available for narcotic poisoning, such as Narcan in public places and schools, even over the counter. Uh, availability. As you know, when people are using opioids and they're overdosing, you're going to see slowed or shallow breathing, pinpoint pupils, falling asleep, loss of consciousness, maybe choking or gurgling, a limp body, your skin may be pale, blue, or cold. And so when you see these things and you suspect that the patient has been using uh, narcotics, then of course, uh, uh, then you need to start thinking of how you can help them with a, a reversal like uh, like Narcan or Naloxone. Yeah. And all these symptoms that you described, I was thinking stroke. That's some of what's some of the symptoms sounded like like a stroke. And, and how do you know? And then how do you approach a person that yeah, maybe yeah. took some of this? Because there might be some residue on their face or their hands that, that would be dangerous. For other people, you know? Yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting because a lot of the times we think about people who are using uh, narcotics for recreation, but, you know, there's a lot of people that are getting prescribed oxycodone or narco or narcotics are perfectly legal, but either people do it overdosing it or they're or either too frequently or too much. And the other thing that we forget is that a lot of times, you know, I had a really good buddy who, who passed away. Um, about, uh, gosh, I'm going to say last year because uh, they were combining benzodiazepines and they were combining um, uh, uh, alcohol. So a lot Oof. of folks will Oof. combine pain pills with alcohol or benzodiazepines. And so it's not just the person who's partying and using recreational drugs. So that's what we have to be very aware. The other thing you want to think about is that um, – the age group of people that you're dealing with, it's a lot different when you're dealing with a 75-year-old patient that does not have uh, 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 any uh, use of, of narco legal narcotics or a 25-year-old person. So, yeah, there's some kind of common sense to be uh, seeing who is probably a high candidate or not. Yeah. Hey, and like, let's say at a school, God forbid, look, up in Garland, they had a rash of incidents up in Garland. It was real scary at that school district, and I think they're prosecuting a 19- or 20-year-old person for making some of this fentanyl drug, uh, fentanyl-laced drugs available to some kids at some at a high school or middle school up there. It's real scary. Now, at a local school or a local business, you got somebody that, that's, like, flaccid and gurgling, and, and you maybe, maybe it's a stroke, maybe it's not. If you do have Narcan and you suspect that maybe it is, an opiate poisoning. Should you just go ahead and apply the Narcan? I don't know if it's an injection or something. Should you do it? Just apply Narcan, uh, and and if it's not an opiate, will that person still be okay? Or you know, how do you approach a situation like that? Because you got you literally have just minutes to react. Yeah, you're exactly right. Those are ex excellent questions. So very quickly, the body has these receptors that are for narcotics. They're they're, we're designed to have them because we have our own natural uh, painkillers that our body produces. And so these receptors on our cells, especially the central nervous system, 
the narcotics, whether it be heroin, fentanyl, what have you, will block to the will get on the receptors and will trick the mind into thinking there's no pain. That's why we use narcotics to help with ease pain. However, with the antagonist or the reversal agent, which is Narcan, naloxone, it blocks, it has a higher love, a higher affinity for that receptor. So it does not allow the, uh, the opiate to block onto your cells, and that's how it works. The antidote works by competing on the receptor sites, and therefore you do not get that effect. So if you're not using uh, narcotics, Narcan is very, very, very safe because okay. you're not going to have any symptoms or side effects. So even if there's a doubt, um, you, it's a very safe to use medication. Remember that in March of this year, it became available over the counter. It comes in a four milligram spray. Usually the home packs will be around $49. You're supposed to be able to walk into a pharmacy if you suspect your children or someone you love or some that's old that necessarily is going to do it on purpose, but you're concerned about your elderly parent that's on very strong painkillers, perhaps they have cancer or what have you, and you're supposed to be able to get it as of March uh, over the counter. But if you go to a local pharmacy, as my friend Danny Vela at Lee's Pharmacy tells me, you know, we've been waiting for it. We've been promised to be available in October, but it's been delayed. So by the end of this year, you should be able to walk into a pharmacy with $49 and get yourself a double pack of the four milligram nasal spray. Do not be afraid to use it because if the person is not on narcotics, they will not have a side effect. If they are on narcotics though, you, you can expect for them hopefully to start breathing again, to be more active, but it kind of mimics the withdrawal symptom of narcotics. You may sweat, you may have nausea, you may have vomiting, you may have aggressive behavior. Uh, and so, that won't kill you. <laughs> so the yeah. idea is to rescue your breathing muscles. So perfectly safe to use, even if not. I think a bigger mistake that some people don't understand, it only works for narcotics. It doesn't work for, let me use the common generic names, bars, also known as benzodiazepine. does not work for cocaine, another very common wow. use drug. So okay. you can use that, but it's not going to help. It's only going to help with what? Oxycodone, Narcos, codeine, heroin, fentanyl, those are the medications that okay. it works for. All right. And it's inhalable, right, Ivan? It's only inhalable. Yeah. So okay. I, I've been using it for many years. Uh, I have, oh, gosh, almost over 20 years in the ER, and I hate to say this, another 17 years in the in the hospital and critical care units. We use it all the time My because goodness. we use a lot of narcotics. Yeah. The form we have is intravenous, but the one that will be available for for uh, for lay people to use will be in a nasal spray. Remember a very important thing. Once you give the nasal spray or you apply it and it starts to work, you have to call 911. People say, no, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I want you to remember, no one's going to get in trouble. And that's the reason why you have to call 911 is because it only lasts two to three to four, five minutes at the most. And so you're going to have to get some help by professional Healthcare people, whether it be 911 attendants or the hospital. There we go. So do not just give it and pretend nothing happened. Give it 911. It's scary, Ivan, because yes, sir. a little bit of residue, just a little bit, uh, in, in the clothing of a, of a child that has been exposed to this, or you know, just a little bit of this residue, this uh, fentanyl, will wind up killing you. 
It, it, it seems like you need to have it at all schools and all workplaces. You need to have some Narcan on standby just in case somebody walks through the door. That's something yeah, like that. Right? So prevention, prevention and cure. And when you talk about prevention, you know, you and I both know we're talking about the core of human behavior and when we are in 2023. So prevention is number one, but very hard to change people's behavior. And then, of course, uh, treatment. And that is why in March of this year, the FDA approved it for uh, not only over-the-counter use, but also to encourage mass availability, schools, nursing homes, people's homes. So everyone recognizes the importance of having this medication available. All right, my man. Thank you, Dr. Ivan. Sure. Dr. Ivan Melendez is the Hidalgo County Health Authority. This is The Sergio Show. Start your day with news and interviews important to you with the Valley's morning news. Weekday morning starting at 6. Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan bring you the latest headlines and hourly discussions with AccuWeather to get you ready for your day. And special guest interviews on topics that affect you and your family. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Yeah, good morning, guys. Well, let's now enjoy the show. It's what you need to start your day. The Valley's morning news with Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan. Weekday morning starting at 6 on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Hey, look at that. October is here again. So let me go to the front lines of battling this cancer. Dr. Carol Dentino, DHR Health Lead Interpreter Radiologist from the DHR Health Imaging Center. So tell me about what DHR Health is doing during the month of October, Doc, when it comes to fighting breast cancer. Uh, well, DHR this month um, uh, is uh, offering $99 special during the month of October, which makes this a crucial screening accessible to our community. Um, the appointments can be made by calling uh, the DHR Health Imaging Department, uh, and I can uh, give you the number, which sure. is 956-362-7503. Um, now, be aware that as long as you schedule your mammogram during the month of October, the price is honored even if the appointment is scheduled past the month of October. Okay. Just uh, schedule this month and you get the $99 mammogram. Do you need a referral? Does a patient need a referral before going to get this mammogram? A uh, patient uh, does not need a referral for a screening mammogram. What is they this? They do need a physician. Yeah, this this ninety nine dollar mammogram I, at DHR. Uh, can you describe it for me? Like, what is it? The, what do you get for it for ninety nine dollars? Well, can we go back to the other question? I yeah. was incorrect. The uh, the patient does need a physician referral to uh, get a scheduled screening mammogram. Go to your primary doctor and say, look, I'd like to go get a DHR mammogram for ninety nine dollars, and and that the, the, that way the doctor will send you over to DHR. Correct. Okay, so. For the mammogram, the special offer, what is it? Can you describe it? What do you get for it? The $99 special? Yes. Uh, well, we offer what is called uh, 3D tomography um, screening mammograms. And what that does is it allows uh, the radiologist, uh, comma myself, the opportunity to examine the breast tissue layer by layer, making it easier to detect small tumors that could be hidden or otherwise obscured uh -huh. by your regular 
standard screening mammogram, especially in women that have very dense or, let's say, thick breast tissue. Okay. What does that say? What are you looking for in the mammogram? Well, what I'm looking for in a mammogram are changes in the tissue. And uh, I can see changes as small as two and three millimeters in size, which is very, very, very small. Um, I mean, that's, uh, if you know uh, how large an inch might be, well, it's not even a quarter of an inch. Um, so, yes, we can uh, detect very small lesions that way. Hence, it's important to have a history then. Like, uh, you need to work with other images through the years to see what changes, uh, changes take place. Uh, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. My guest is Dr. Carol Dentino from the DHR Health Imaging Center. We're talking about a $99 mammogram special. If you schedule it this month, and even if they need to put you on the calendar for November, December, let's say there's just too many folks coming in, they'll still honor the $99 mammogram special offer. Now, I'm familiar with the McAllen Edinburgh campus, but are, are you also conducting this at, at other DHR facilities in the Valley? Yes, we have uh, we have three uh, three facilities. One is located in Westlaco, um, and then we have one uh, in McAllen on the Lindbergh Street, and then the one in Edinburgh is on the Dove Street. Okay, I've heard the term and I've used the term "breast center of excellence" at at DHR Health, and I think it's important to shine a light on that. What does that mean, Doc? Uh, well, uh, a breast center of excellence is uh, the gold standard of comprehensive care for women's breast health. Uh, DHR is accredited as the only breast center of excellence south of San Antonio, demonstrating its commitment to providing the highest standard of care. So this accreditation ensures that uh, the centers are staffed by a multidisciplinary team of experts who uh, specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of breast disease. And uh, as a center of excellence, you no longer have to leave the Rio Grande Valley to yeah. obtain this standard of care. That's, uh, that's the beautiful thing about DHR Health all these years. That's why I'm a huge fan, all these different disciplines that are available under one roof. So uh, let's go there. Uh, DHR Health, uh, tell me about all the different specialized care, care available under one roof. So the DHR Health, uh, the multidisciplinary team, uh, includes uh, radiologists, uh, breast surgeons, plastic surgeons, uh, medical oncologists, a radiation oncologist, uh, research, and we also have genetic counseling services. So uh, these uh, specialists uh, provide a what the, they provide the comprehensive, individualized care for the patients that are battling the disease. And we're also very proud to offer patient navigation, which uh, helps uh, the patient uh, know where to go, when, and for what. Um, we offer nutrition services, uh, support groups, social workers to support the patients throughout their right. cancer journey. Um, and if you'd like to speak with a patient navigator, uh, our contact uh, uh, person um, is named uh, Annabelle Arellano Rodriguez um, from uh, uh, Health Services, Patient Health Services. And I'll be happy to give you that number sure, as well, which would be 956-362-2250. Uh, 
Dr. Carol Dentino, DHR Health Imaging Center. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Final thought from you, Doc, just some advice for uh, cancer patients. Uh, well, some advice is to uh, continue to stay very vigilant with your regular health screenings, uh, which include your annual screening mammograms. Uh, mammography has proven to be a lifesaver because we're able to detect cancer early, and patients who are diagnosed at an early stage have a greater chance of curing the disease, making the cancer journey less daunting. Uh, in addition to that, the American Cancer Society uh, recommends that you begin your annual screening mammograms at the age of 40. However, um, you should begin uh, self-breast examinations or self-checkups um, uh, monthly, and then every year visit your um, health provider who can um, uh, uh, recommend the mammogram for you. And if you feel something before the age of 40, by all means, go see your doctor because cancer doesn't have an age limit. Breast cancer does not. In fact, we recently diagnosed uh, a young lady as, or as young as 25. Wow. Um, oh. not, wow. Not usual. Not usual, but it can happen. That's kind of so. scary. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. D. We appreciate your time today. And that's Dr. Carol Dentino from DHR Health Imaging Center. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Contact your friends over at DHR about the $99 mammogram available to everyone during the month of October. But you need to schedule it during the month of October. Thank you, Dr. D. This is The Sergio Show. Credit card debt in our nation, a whopping record-setting over three, over $1 trillion. Total consumer debt in our country. Um, experts watching all this, this debt pileup, $17-plus trillion second quarter of this year. Richard Barrington is a money pro, financial analyst at Credit Sesame. Richard, thank you for joining us again. For anybody that's deep in the hole, deep in the red, what's the first thing you would say to them right now, Rich? Well, uh, the first thing I'd say is that it's going to become very important in the months ahead to protect your credit score. Uh, we see not just debt going up, and you mentioned the figures on that, but delinquency rate which basically means the uh, number of people who are late on their payments have been rising. Um, and so that's going to uh, make people starting to take a hit to their credit scores. At the same time, uh, a recent uh, survey of bank lending officers showed that many banks are starting to tighten their credit standards. So basically, I think a lot of people uh, who've gotten used to using credit may be about to hit a wall in terms of the, their access to credit. And that's why I say it's especially important right now to protect your credit score. I'd say anybody in a situation where you could liquidate some of your assets, maybe clear some inventory, I would say get some cash in hand, clear as much debt as possible, liquidate while there are still some buyers. Like people buying stuff, companies buying stuff, it, it's, still, it's still crazy out there. It's amazing how much purchasing is taking place. Well, yeah, and, and I think that uh, though that may be about to dry up too because uh, a lot of the savings that were built up during the pandemic, you know, because of all the assistance checks that went out, um, uh, that those uh, bank deposits have started to dry up. We actually saw deposits decline over the past year, which is very rare. 
Um, so yeah, I think people have been sitting to some extent on cash reserves that uh, are really uh, the needle is pointing towards zero. Because the market valuation is, you know, relatively speaking, very, very low. You've heard some of this and read some of this nervousness and people that need to retire, would like to retire, and their portfolio is uh, way down. In fact, only about uh, the value is only about a third of what used to be just a few, few years back. Would you say that the safe money might be still in the market because – Let's be honest. You, you put your you put your wealth in there, a good chunk of it in there. It can only go up in the near future, right? It, it's so low right now. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say it can only go up, but I'll say there's two things about the market. That one is that yeah, as as long as you have a long time horizon, um, the market is a very good place to uh, invest money because companies have an ability to adjust to inflation. Um, in other words, they can raise prices, they can adjust, uh, they, so their earnings are able to rise somewhat with inflation, as opposed to bonds, um, you know, they have fixed in interest rates, so inflation goes up, bonds go down, and there's nothing you can do about that. The other thing about stocks to focus on is that if you have a long time horizon, rather than looking at the ups and downs of prices, if you keep focused on the dividend yield, as long as companies don't start cutting dividends, you do have an income stream coming in that's much more consistent than the ups and downs of prices. And of course, as prices go down, as long as dividends don't get cut, dividend yields actually get higher, and that does make stocks more attractive. Well, I figured the alternative, if you don't get back what you put in the market now, being it so low, we're all screwed. <laughs> the economy's dead. Everything's going to fall apart. And speaking of bonds, the short-term yield being uh, it's better now sometimes it's better now in short term than it is the longer term yield this inverted thing that we're in right now how much longer before we clear that well i think uh i think there's a possibility that uh from what we're seeing uh over the next year that you might uh change that, but not in the way that people are hoping for. I don't think it'll be so much a case of short-term yields coming down as long-term yields starting to go up. Mm -hmm. You know, initially the, the yield curve inverted because people thought that uh, high inflation was a short-term phenomenon, that it wouldn't last. Lately, though, we're seeing, you know, everything from, from OPEC uh, countries uh, cutting their output to all the labor disputes in this country. We're seeing a lot of economic forces that suggest that inflation is going to be stubbornly persistent. Uh, one sign that markets are starting to react to this is that 30-year mortgage rates have really surged in recent weeks. Uh, because I think the realization is sinking in that, okay, you know, inflation is going to be with us a little longer than we initially thought. So it's not just short-term yields that are going to have to rise. I think uh, the long-term yields are going to start to catch up. Richard, appreciate your time, brother. Thank you so much for calling us today. From He's a financial analyst from Credit Sesame, Richard Barrington. This is The Sergio Show. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news. 
Basement is happening now. We mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have a, a in this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. Let's get an update on some of the political stuff D.C. and, and also former President Trump, some, some of the legal hurdles that he, he's trying to clear right now. Mark Lauder, former special assistant to President Donald Trump. He's with America First Policy Institute. Mark, welcome back. Number one, let me ask you about this uh, speakership fight, GOP fight up in D.C. You agree with Matt Gates and kicking out uh, Kev Mac, Kev McCarthy, um, you a fan of getting a, a new, more conservative? I would be more conservative speaker of the house, but I don't know if it's if we're going to wind up getting a weaker, more noodle spine, uh, lefty leaning Republican up there. What, what's your opinion? Of everything taking place taking place up up in D.C. Yeah, I di- I disagreed. I disagreed with that move because it was distracting. It is distracting from the true opponent, the true battle, which is against Joe Biden and the radical left which is destroying our cities, states, immigration, crime, inflation, gas prices, you name it. And so now for the next week, we're going to only be talking about this speaker fight. And really, it's not even, you know, I, I was on TV the other night, and they were saying about, you know, how there's a fracture in the Republican Party. No, there's no fracture. I mean, this is basically the rights version of the squad. You know, you had a handful of people that joined together with all the Democrats, and the, the overwhelming majority of the 221 Demo- uh, Republicans in the House most voted th- against this move, and yet a small number did it. There's another headline that is in the news this morning. i got to ask you about because thanks to former President Donald Trump, the chant during the campaign, you know, six, seven years ago, whenever that was, was build the wall, build the wall. Hey, look at that. We got, uh, un, until we get a different spin later in the day, which I'm expecting, we got the DHS chief, Alex Mayorkas, pretty much saying the same darn thing right now. Build the wall. Build the wall here in my region, Stark County, here in Deep South Texas. Well, well, well. Uh, I guess better late than never when it comes to needing more wall for border security because the Biden border mess is just completely, completely out of control. Just want to get your thoughts on it. No, absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, six years too late and seven million illegal immigrants later, you know, you finally have the Democrats say, oh, yeah, Donald Trump was right. Uh, and it's hilarious. Unfortunately, our cities, our states, Texas, but really every state right now is crumbling under this. And the only reason why this is happening, it's not because they want less Ill- illegal immigration. It's because you got Democrat mayors in Chicago, in New York, the governor of New York, they're saying enough is enough. We can't do this. We can't handle this anymore, and you've got to do something about it. And so now, you know, you have them out there allegedly saying that, you know, well, we need to build 20 miles of wall. Uh, I, I agree with you. I'm going to wait to see uh, the spin and the White House walk it back later today. Uh, it, you know, I, I just can't imagine that the radical left is going to be okay with this move, uh, which I find hilarious. But... 
you know, look, this administration from day one has shown it doesn't want to stop illegal immigration. It wants to just process more immigrants into the country. And uh, I really don't see how, uh, you know, they're going to suddenly do an about face uh, and and actually do something to stop this crisis that they created. Looking, uh, Mark Lauder with me right now. He's with America First Policy Institute, was a former special assistant to former President Donald Trump. Looking at some of the former president's legal challenges right now uh, up in New York, this, this silly, ridiculous post-transaction post-legal transaction, nobody ever, no bank or financial institution ever complained about this post-transaction valuation case uh, being brought by the Attorney General, hell-bent on putting, you know, um, fleecing him, taking his assets away, can't put him behind bars because it's a civil case. Uh, I want to ask you, how quickly do you think this case might be resolved, might come to an end up in New York, where I'm guessing maybe immediately, hopefully it goes immediately to appeal and the president, former president, has a chance to protect his assets. Yeah, I'm sure it will go to appeal. There's, there's very little, there's very little doubt in that. But uh, you know, the big thing is, I mean, look, to, to make this, I mean, my goodness, this judge thinks that Mar-a-Lago is only worth 18 million dollars. Well, let me tell you, if I win the Powerball this weekend and it is on the market for 18 million, I'm buying it. <laughs> I mean, I, I went on Zillow over the weekend and literally looked and found uh, a house down the street from Mar-a-Lago. Fraction of the size, fraction of the lot, doesn't go to both waterways like Mar-a-Lago does, and it was valued at $54 million. I mean, it just shows you these people will do anything to get Donald Trump, and the American people just aren't going to buy it. They know better than this. Mar-a-Lago, my goodness, is a historic and just an amazing club. I've been there many, many times, and to think that it's worth $18 million, I mean, Mike, this judge is an idiot. And all assets that former President Trump has, because as, you know, in other conversations, as has been explained many times, usually folks like former President Trump, they don't have all that money in the bank. It's usually tied up in assets. So do you think that um, some of his, his assets might be tied up by the court? Uh, again, more distractions on appeals, w- wiggling, warming through the courts at a time when he needs to be campaigning. Well, I mean, I think the good thing is, is that this is actually just a reminder to the American people what they're willing to do to try to stop Donald Trump. So in a way, it is a campaign event. And, you know, I mean, they'll try everything they possibly can, but I think most people recognize this. I mean, what what homeowner out there has not thought their house is worth more than, than you know, when they were going to sell it? And then when you see the property tax statement going, whoa, how are they valuing my house worth that much? You know, it it just doesn't make any sense. And to your earlier point, there's no victim in this crime. The banks got all their money back with interest on time. No one is complaining. The only victim here is Donald Trump. And the only one initiating the complaint. In law enforcement and prosecution, who, who should be doing other things to make our community safe. But, uh, and this is just obviously, and based on campaign rhetoric, just a political move by a prosecutorial politician is, is really pathetic. I hope they properly message this and the Donald Trump campaign because I don't expect the GOP, the Republicans, to properly message this over the next several months. Just I'll give you the final word. Now, I think, well, obviously, and I think he's doing a very good job of it. He's using it to his advantage. I think the American people can see it with their own eyes. I mean, they know I hope so, what's going on here. Yeah. It's not hard to explain. Thank you, Mark. He's with... America First Policy Institute, Mark Lauder. This is The Sergio Show.